Hey, it's Fran Harris, founder of Athletes Who Mean Business. Our company empowers current and retired athletes to monetize their brands and expertise and build big businesses. This show answers one question. How can you leverage your sports celebrity and even non-sports talent and skills to have greater impact, influence, and income? If you're ready to play on a bigger stage, you're in the right place at the right time. Be sure to subscribe and review the podcast. Here's today's episode. Hey there, are you using speaking to grow your business, but it kind of feels like a job? Or have you wanted to start speaking more, but you're worried that you're going to have to be on the road all the time? If that's true for you, you're going to want to listen to today's special guest, Fran Harris, because she's going to be sharing how you can actually leverage every speaking opportunity to make millions in your business without working so hard. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Success Brain Trust. I'm your host, Desiree Stafford. Each week, top experts come on this show to reveal their insider secrets on money, marketing, and mindset to help you get ahead faster. You'll be inspired to take action with proven strategies to increase your income and success. Find out more at DesireeStafford.com. So today's special guest is Brand Harris. Now, she is a powerhouse of a woman, okay? And as an entrepreneur, I mean, she's had her own television show. She consults with some of the top companies. She's a sought-after speaker. She's a business explosion expert. You know, she's even won a WNBA championship. Oh, my gosh. So you will love what she has to share. And in particular... What she's going to be talking about is how you can use speaking to make millions in your business. I hope that gets you excited, okay? Now, another thing that I really love about her is that as amazing and as powerful as she is, I love the vulnerability that she shares. You know, as a coach, as a consultant, as someone who's in the business of serving others, and you know the best way to serve other people is to really bring the truth, to really be upfront and honest about what's going on for people, what you can see, sometimes that is still hard. You know, I know it can be challenging for me at times. She shares in our interview how it has been challenging for her, and it may also be challenging for you. So if you're in that place, no matter where you are in your business, and sometimes, you know, it feels difficult to really stand in your power and be honest with your clients, know that that's something that you have to work through because it is in the highest service to whoever it is that you are working with. So I love that she shares that. I also love that she talks so much about leverage. I am a leverage girl. You know, I have a background in real estate. I am all about the leverage concept. And I love that you don't have to be on the road all the time if you want to use speaking to grow your business. You can give a presentation and you can find multiple ways to generate additional income from that one presentation. So you will love her strategies on that. Okay? She's just an awesome person. She's got an amazing story, an incredible journey. And I think you will like her as much as I like her. I think you'll get so much out of this interview. And if I can tease you just a little bit, the special gift that she shares at the end, oh my gosh, it's super powerful. It's amazing. So grab a pen, take some notes, and don't forget, you must get into action with the strategy that she shares because information does you no good if you're not implementing. So I hope you enjoy today's interview. 
today, I'd like to welcome one of the most sought-after corporate speakers and coaches in America. Her name is Dr. Fran Harris, and she's going to be revealing the secrets of speaking to make millions. Fran helps individuals and companies create soaring success by breaking through old paradigms. She's a megapreneur who has authored more than 20 books. She's hosted HGTV's Home Rules, where she reached millions of viewers every single week. She's also the founder and publisher of Collegepreneur Magazine, the world's first national, personal, professional, and business publication for college students. She's also the co-founder of the Black Millionaire Summit and Black Business University, and she's also a WNBA and NCAA champion. Fran's expertise has landed her on hundreds of TV and radio shows, including The Today Show, CNBC, CNN, Fox Business, Comedy Central, Oprah's Radio Network, and many others. So today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Ms. Dr. Fran Harris. Welcome to the show, Dr. Harris. How are you? It's great to be here, Desiree. I'm looking forward to sharing with your audience. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, you're so impressive. The bio I just read, you know, kind of probably is knocking everyone's socks off. Um, and I really want to get into your content because I know you're going to be sharing with us, you know, your tips for speaking um, and how you can use that to grow your business and things like that. Um, yep. But can you tell us, in your own words, who is Fran Harris, and why is your work so important to you? Well, I'm Fran Harris, and my work is really important to me as a life and business, and really a, a transformational coach. You know, I stopped calling myself a business coach and started call, calling myself a business explosion expert a few mm. years ago because I realized what I was able to do with all of my clients is to sit with them, or even prospects, is to sit with them for a few minutes and give them a few nuggets that literally, if they implemented it, would explode their business. So I'm a B. I'm a BEE, a business explosion expert. I love <laughs> <And> that. My, <laughs> work, <laughs> my work is really important because it's it's what I was put here to do. You know, I've attempted to do other things. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to be a computer engineer, and then people said you should be an, a lawyer, and, you know, and people, they're well-intended. But I realized that my sweet spot was in seeing things very, very clearly from a very early age, just being able to cut through the BS, cut through all the facade that, that most of us, you know, put up with people, cut through all the masks that people wear, and just tell you what, what it is. And that's been my gift as I can remember since I was 9 or 10 years old. And what I realized as I got older was it was a great skill, not only a gift, but it was a great skill to have when you're attempting to help people transform their lives and, and then transform their businesses. So cutting through the clutter and saying, okay, here's, here's what it seems is, is in your way. Here's, here's the biggest hurdle that you're having to clear right now, and let's move toward creating a solution for that. Okay, so that, that was even more impressive than your bio. So, <laughs> um, all right, so I love a lot of what you just talked about, about cutting through the BS, cutting through the clutter. And you say it was a gift. It was something that you were born with. Um, can you speak a little bit more about have you ever felt intimidated by the fact that you were able to do that for folks? Because I know I'll tell you from my own personal experience, I am similar in that way, but I know that I felt, you know, some pushback where people don't always immediately um, – accept or maybe don't want to hear the truth? Yep, yep, yep. Accountability is, is a painful place for people to go. It is the 
the, it's more sour than a lemon. I mean, people just don't like accountability. And so did I get pushed back, and was it difficult to, to forge ahead, given that people really didn't want to hear what I had to say? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. did I take a few steps back and retreat when that happened? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because you, you know you're coming from a good place. You know you're coming from a very honorable place. And when people are not willing to hear it, it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. But for me... It's something. It's it's beyond a gut feeling. It's a it's a soul knowing that mm. this is who you are. And when it comes from a place where I'm not, I'm not trying to run your life. I really am not. In fact, as a coach and as a, a business explosion expert, I actually ask more questions than I make statements. So mm-hmm. I ask you the hard questions, and people don't like the hard questions. So clients or prospects will say, "Well, here's what I want for my life. I really do want to become a six or seven figure speaker. I know you've got the blueprint for that." Will you do this? And then my question immediately back to them is, are you willing to do X, Y, Z? Well, you see, if I do X, if I try to do X, then this is what's going to happen. Okay, then I will usually say, well, then you don't really want it. And now people don't want to hear that. They think, how how dare you say that? Of course I want to go. No, because to get here, here are the things that have to happen. There's a, a Chinese proverb that says, to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. In other words, mm. if you want to go somewhere, you're going to get the roadmap from someone who's already been there. And so it's like, do you want the roadmap or don't you want the roadmap? And and so, yes, it, and even today, as, as mature as I am in my company and my coaching and my expertise, occasionally, yeah, I do get, you know what, I can't, I can't really help this person because they're not open and willing to, to hear what they need to hear, to have what they want. This is not what I want for you. This is what you said you want for you. Right. And uh, and so, you know, it's challenging sometimes, but I'm constantly checking my motives. You know, that's what mm-hmm. people don't understand about coaches is that if, you, if you're with an enlightened, and I do mean that, if you're with an enlightened coach and you're with someone who, who has done their own work, then you never have to worry about them trying to, you know, push, project onto you what they want for your life or, or having ulterior motives for what they tell you. I, I'm... I'm clean. My side of the street is clean. If you want to know what I think about what you need to do to, to to succeed or help your business grow, you will get that. It is not. It will not be coming from a personal filter. It literally will be coming from that place of seeing and knowing sometimes the things that that you can't see. Right. Well, that that was really powerful because, like I said, I've experienced it. I know there are other coaches who've experienced it as well. And I like that you talked about it being a soul knowing of who you are. And yeah. being being enlightened and, you know, doing your own work, I think that is so important that we are always in, in process. We're always in growth doing our own work so that we can then help and support other people in their own process. So Absolutely. Really yeah, thank you. So now I know that you've spoken everywhere from corporate boardrooms, you've done conferences, uh, you spread your transformational message about possibility whenever and wherever you can. Can you tell us how you first got into speaking? <laughs> well, like a lot of like a lot of folks, you start speaking in the places where you frequent the most and for me that was church. And so mm. I started speaking as uh, you know, Easter speeches, Christmas speeches, Mother's Day speeches and and those kinds of things. And of course, my first speech were those those potent two words, Jesus wept. And uh, <laughs> and I got a standing ovation. I was like, "Hey, I like this." <laughs> so from there, it became more of understanding that speaking was not just something you did because you know you had a mouth and you had vocal cords, but it was your it was your vehicle to 
contribute to the world. And I learned that very early in church. But after that, when I got to high school and became an athlete, started getting, I was president of my class, and so I was in a speaker's role a whole lot. And I got invited to speak at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event with Tom Landry and and got paid for it. And I thought, wow, wow. people actually get paid for this? I was a teenager. And that's when I started to understand that there was a business model behind speaking. And, of course, as soon as you decide that you want to do something, that's when people start asking you to do it for free. And I remember thinking when I was in my early 20s now, when you go and you have a baby and or you, you're getting a divorce or whatever, do you ask that attorney to provide those services for free? I mean, did you go to the doctor and go, I'm having a baby? Uh, can you hook me up? No, you don't do that. So why are people always asking speakers to do what they do for free? And and so I had to very early in my career understand that, yes, while it is my gift to the world, it's also my livelihood. It's also my vocation. And in that way, that that people should not expect me always to give that to the world without some kind of monetary or financial um, contribution back to it. And so that's one thing that's very hard for speakers. For me, you know, I tell people exactly what I tell you. When they go, well, we were hoping you would come do it for free. I go, now, do you have any children? They go, well, yeah. I go, did you have, ask your obstetrician <laughs> to do, deliver your baby for free? Did you ask your gynecologist to do that work for free? And, you know, people usually chuckle as you did. But I think we have to we have to ask entrepreneurs, sometimes as speakers and authors and experts and coaches, to, to really value what they do. And, and while it is completely okay to donate your time and your services, that business model will not help you and serve you in the long run for if you continue to do it for, you know, a whole lot. Got it. So now a lot of people, you know, promote speaking for free and, you know, you have a back-end business model. Do you promote that at all or do you primarily I do. speak for free? Okay. I do. I do both. You know, and when I, one of the things I teach in my Speaking Magnolians courses and boot camps is you're never really speaking for free, even if you don't get paid. If you've right. set up the proper sales funnels on the back end, you're never speaking for free. If you've got products and services and programs, that can really help people transform their lives or their businesses, you're never speaking for free. So what I do is I typically look at the opportunity. Each opportunity is its own. And sometimes people will ask me to speak and there are going to be 10,000 people there. I could care less about a fee because if there are 10,000 people there, then I know how to, <laughs> I know how to turn that room into profit. So right. I think every speaker, every expert has to ask him or herself, you know, what's my end game? What is it that I want to accomplish by accepting this this opportunity? And and so sometimes you have to get in your mind that you're not really giving it away, but you're getting a, a different platform. You're getting introduced to different audiences. And, and again, as you mentioned, Desiree, it really is about having the back end set up so that you don't have to turn down anything if you don't want to. You can go, you go, you know what, there are 50 people there. It's math. There are 50 people in this room. I want to sell a, a $3,000 um, product or program, I'll probably close about seven or eight ten percent. That's how much money. Okay, let's go. I'll take it. So it really is about understanding your own business model and what your end game is. Awesome. So can you talk about a little bit, you know, how someone can set up a business model in terms of how can they maximize their revenue opportunities from one speaking engagement so they're not on the road all the time? Oh man, oh, when, when we start speaking, especially when you, when I started speaking in the really, really professionally at a high level in the 90s, I was doing a lot of corporate speaking. You know, you were a go and pick up a check speaker. You go, I go get my 20 grand and I come home. Not bad. You know, $20,000 for a date, not bad. 
But then, <laughs> but then you realize that there are 365 days in the year, and, and you don't even know. Honestly, you forget where your car is at the airport because you're traveling so much. Mm-hmm. And at some point, for me, maybe 10 or 11 years ago, I said, oh, that's not the lifestyle I want. I actually, as much as I love people, as much as I'm uh, galvanized by being with crowds, I actually really love being at home and just chilling. I really, really do. And Same so I here. Said, okay, this is, <laughs> I do not want to get on a plane every Monday and come home every Thursday. That's not what I want to do. And so setting up your business model is as simple as, okay, developing whatever product, program, or service is going to be your core one to start out with. So let's say, let me make up something. Let's say for me, we are doing some recruiting seminars for parents, as you mentioned in my bio, because I'm a former basketball player. So we're helping parents to help their kids get scholarships, okay? So let's say I speak about that, which I do. Mm-hmm. Well, the business model might be setting up a, a free report that people get when they go to com. People opt into that report, and then they go, oh, I kind of like this brand chick. That's cool. What she's saying is good. Well, a few days later, because they've signed up on my website, they may get an email that says, hey, if you like the free report, why don't you check out this four-video series? And so people go and they check out the four-video series and they have to pay 97 bucks to get that. Then a few days or weeks later, they may get another little note from me that says, hey, if you, if you really would dig in the videos, how about you get in a group pro- coaching program with Fran or one of her coaches, her certified coaches, and you can really learn what recruiting, what your kids are going up against in recruiting. So, And that just continues. So now you've, I've gone from a free report to uh, a video series to group coaching, and, of course, we'll follow that up with probably a live event. So now you've taken something that you gave away to get the lead, to get that person into your funnel, and now mm-hmm. that customer, that prospect, has turned into a four or $5,000 a year customer. And so it's the same way with speakers. You figure out what your topic is, figure out what it is, what unique value you bring to the marketplace, and then you just set up the best products, programs, and services to meet the needs of the people who might want what you have. Yeah. I love that. I think it makes it so much more efficient, number one. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of gets you off that treadmill of always having to go out and recreate the wheel. You have a system in place. You know what your funnel is. You know what your process is. So it, it even makes it easier when you're determining, you know, which engagements that you will say yes Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, real quickly, Desiree, I, have, I always tell this, this story in my speaking camp. I was in uh, – I went to speak in London a few years ago. And uh, after I left London, I used to play professional basketball in, in Italy and Switzerland. So I wanted to visit my friends after my speaking engagement. So I got off the plane in Milan, and I lost my voice. Literally, mm. literally had laryngitis. Had never had laryngitis in my life. So I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about you could you could barely hear my voice. I'm talking about when I opened my mouth, nothing came out. So. I'm, I'm in Italy that, that evening. I'm sick as a dog. I log onto my computer. I have my Mac with me. I log onto my computer for my PayPal account, and I made 9000 close to $10,000. Mm. Not speaking. I made $10,000 as a speaker, but I could not speak. So the point of that, everyone listening, is if you've set up the right kind of business model, it doesn't matter if you have laryngitis because right. your back end is always working for you. So there was money in my PayPal account that day because of what you and I just talked about. I'd already set up the back end. There were video series set up. There were auto responder series set up. There were books that people were buying. And I was 3,000 miles away. So that's when you know you've set up the right kind of business model for your speaking business because it's working when you're not working. If if I got to work, if, it, if every single mortgage payment I have to make is, 
is dependent on me going and getting on a plane, that's not that's a job. That's not a business model, and you're not going anywhere. So you want to make sure that you've set it up so that even if you can't get out of bed, you're sick as a dog and you're 3,000 miles away. That's going to be a good uh, book title, by the way. <laughs> you're 3,000 <laughs> miles away. You're still making money. You're still getting paid. That's awesome. And I, I like the distinction of, of setting up a business versus a job because most entrepreneurs have a job. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. So how can someone then get started and become a paid speaker? How can they build an effective speaking platform? Well, I think you just got to go do it. I mean, we teach people how the, the steps, the business model, and those kinds of things. But, but honestly, the best way to learn how to do something is just to start doing it and to learn as you're going along. And so here's what I mean by that. So let's say you're listening to us and you go, okay, well, nobody's booking me this week. A couple of things you can do. You can attempt to wait for someone to figure out who you are and find you, or you can look online and, you know, go through basically, go to, uh, you can go to evite.com. I think they have basically services where people kind of put in whatever's happening in your city. If you just kind of search what's happening in your city and offer your services. Go, hey, are you guys looking for a breakfast speaker? Are you looking for a lunch speaker? Offer to go do it. Now, if you don't want to leave your house, like Desiree and I don't like to leave our house, <laughs> then fire up your computer, get online, find people who are interested in what you have to say, meaning go to forums or blogs or websites for your topic and create, offer to do a free webinar, offer to do a free teleseminar on your topic. Just literally say, hey, I'm going to be doing this free teleseminar on November 2nd on, you know, how to to become your your teenage best friend or whatever your topic is, how to become have a better relationship with your teenage daughter. If you'd like to come, click this link. You're speaking. There you go. So, you know, the best thing is not to let the start stop you, is to just go do it. Offer your services offline or online, and pretty soon you're building your audience, and that's really what it's about. Oh, I love that. I love what you said just now, don't let the start stop you. That's yeah. really important because so many people get caught up and overwhelmed, actually, before they even get started. <laughs> <laughs> they got all the reasons. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I can't do. This. Oh, but you're you're this. Oh, yeah, but you start speaking when you. Oh, yeah, but you're a WNBA champion. You know, all those are excuses. And mm-hmm. and if you let your excuses rule you, they will do just that. So go out there, make the best of it. When I started doing television, I, I got my first gig with ESPN when I was still in grad school. And I was terrible, and I'm, I don't say that to be joking. I, I was terrible at television because I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I didn't mind being bad at something that I knew I was ultimately going to be good at because I was going to work at it. So I want you guys to hear that I didn't wait until I'd gone to broadcasting school and, and taken Dale Carnegie courses and gone to, you know, I didn't wait for that. I said, I think I have a talent for this. I'm going to go for it. And, yes, I may be bad for a year or two, but ultimately I will get good at it. And that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's powerful because, again, I think the fear is what stops so many people from living <laughs> into their greatness. And seriously, I mean, we all have it. Yeah. I know it's helped me back. It's helped yeah. probably everyone that I know back, but there are certain people who, despite the fear, will move totally. forward and take the risk right. and be willing to look, you know, a little bit silly and awkward in the beginning uh, <laughs> until they hone their craft. So that's awesome. That's right. People always say you're you oh God, you're you're fearless. Like oh hold up, hold up. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I just do it anyway. I really do. Most of the time I just do it anyway. I go, Oh, hold your nose, jump in the water, here you go. Because I know what the rewards are going to be on the other side. And 
I don't mind looking awkward and you know and it takes confidence. It really takes confidence to to go, I know I look silly, but I'm doing this anyway. Because here's what I right. here's what I learned. There are so few people willing to jump anyway that your chances for success are greater. Right. Most people are not gonna jump. There are only gonna be like <laughs> four of you jumping. <laughs> you got a twenty five percent chance of success because the people who want what they say, what you say you want, most people will say they want it. But few people are willing to actually work to have it. So I always go, okay, this is going to be difficult. I already know that. But the odds are only going to be one person on each side of me. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> you know, there's something that I heard you – I've heard you speak on several occasions, and there's something that you had said um, in one of your presentations that really caught my attention, and you asked the audience what business they were in. And it was a surprising um, response that you gave back. Can you share a little bit about that? You know, people think they're in one business, and then the fact that they don't know really what business they're in explains why they market the way they market. So I am not necessarily in the business of teaching you, if this were the thing I were teaching in front of my in front of my audience, teaching you to become a speaker. I'm actually teaching you how to monetize your message. And then I'm actually not in the physical business of that. I'm in the emotional business of, of helping people achieve their dreams. And most people think they're in their physical business. So they focus on, okay, if I get this widget in place, if I get this. No, what I'm selling what I'm teaching you to do is how to knock barriers out of your way, which is a very emotional thing, and go for the goal that you want. So it's not about the physical part of it. Yes, ultimately, you've got to figure out how to line up the widgets because that's what people are physically buying. But what stops people from getting what they want is that they don't know how to market to the emotional side of why people do what they do. I mean, we don't drive the car we drive because uh, it's physically – Something. We do it because of the emotional benefits we get. We do it because we feel a certain way in that car. We do it because we get certain looks in that car. So if you understand what business you're in from an emotional standpoint, you market to those emotions, and now you're triggering those things in your prospects and your customers. So your, your, your marketing message is very strong when you come from an emotional, when you understand truly the emotions that drive people to make the buying decisions that they make. Yeah, I thought that was so powerful when you made it because, like I said, I don't hear many people speak about that, but it's so true. I mean, everything mm-hmm. that we do is emotionally driven, and then we back yep. it up with logic. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, I need this because blah, blah, blah. But what's driving it is, man, this feeling that I have that I believe that I'm going to have when I get there or this money or security I think I'm going to have once I reach that level. And most people yeah. do it just the opposite. Yeah, definitely agree. All right, so I want to ask you now, you know, you've done a lot of amazing things in your career, uh, just absolutely, you know, things that most people dream of, you know, that that 25% that uh, (laughs) you're taking that leap that most of us won't. Um, So it's really impressive, really proud of you and and, and an honor to to have this conversation with you today. Can you tell us also about, you know, what has been your biggest challenge in business? What has really you know, caused you to really take a step back and figure out a way to overcome it. Can you share something about that with us? I am. I'm going to share two things because I think it's really important that people understand that successful people are regular people. Things that trip you guys up trip us up. And the first thing I'm going to share is in 2009, in the spring of 2009, we were just starting another 
company. My family was just starting another company. I was going to bring it was a sports related, basketball related company. And um, the spring of 2009, one of my brothers, I have three brothers, he died suddenly mm. of a heart attack, and he was 51 that. years old. And I keep, there are days I will tell you now I laugh about it because I, I would hear people say this, and I was like, wow, I wonder what that's like. There were days I can't tell you where those days went. It just locked my core, and I couldn't do anything. I could. There were days I would just sit in a chair, and I'm just like, okay, well, this day will eventually pass. And and, and so there was there were days that, that nothing was happening in my life because I was so shaken by that, and I was so depressed by the possibility of someone just being there one day and dying the next day, no no uh, warning or anything like that. And so what it what it did for my business, as depressing as that time in my life was, interesting enough, after my brother died, like three months later, I got my HGTV show, so, so God was like, okay, get out of the chair, let me give you something to do, because you're just sitting in the chair. But interestingly enough, I got that show, I got my first television series three months after my brother died, but what it did for my business is that it truly helped me to shift my business from one that was centered around my efforts and move it to one that centered around helping people more in a, in a very community-type um, situation achieve what they want. And so for the next three years, I just kind of got in the lab of, okay, what I need to do is yes, continue to do what I'm doing, but at the same time create a forum so that you're co-creating things with people versus you are the one who has to be a part of all of it. Now, some of this stuff, it, it sounds um, vague because we haven't, one of them we released called blackbusinessuniversity.com. We just released that like uh, two, three weeks ago. But it's a community, and I'm building it with people. And so that means that lives on even when I'm gone is my point. I'm bringing this back to my brother's death because you realize when my brother died, everything that he did, I mean, it was done pretty much. There was there was, there was it. Um, we're here, his family's whatever, but from a business standpoint, he was so integral to the parts of what he was doing that when he wasn't here, the business kind of stopped. And so the blessing that came out of his business was my legacy is not just what I've done individually. For me, it's what I'm co-creating with other people. And so it totally shifted the way I build my companies now. And uh, so, you know, it was a, it's been a blessing, and it was just hard. And so the second thing I'll share with people is, like a lot of you guys, I suffer from what I call disco ball uh, syndrome. Like it's shiny. Ooh, that's good. I can do that. You know, it's like there's so much that I can do, and, and, and I believe in my genius, and I believe in the genius of the people that I work with. And so I'm always like, yo, let's start this company. Let's start this company. Now, here's the thing. 20 years ago, I would have attempted to start, go pursue all of my ideas by myself. I would have mm-hmm. gone because I, I know me. I know I can get that done. There ain't no question about it. X, Y, Z, this is going to do. Yeah, I'm going to get that done. Today, I can't, I'm not completely overwhelmed by the shiny object syndrome because I know as soon as I have a great idea, I immediately think about the team allowing me to go accomplish that. And in some instances, I start the idea, honestly, Desiree, and I'm out of it. I mean, I'm a shareholder I'm a, in the company. I built it. I'm a, an officer, but I'm not in the day-to-day of that business. So if you're suffering from shiny object, what I call disco ball syndrome, it's okay. There's, I, I have no judgment by the fact that I have 6,000 ideas a day. I don't judge myself. I, I log them, I put them somewhere, and I, I put them on the calendar to achieve them. And then I think about the team that I need to put around me to help me get there. 
and uh, and that's how that's how you stamp out triadic syndrome. You don't stop dreaming. You don't stop doing what you want to do. You don't stop thinking about all the ideas. But you got to understand what you focus on is what's going to come to fruition. And maybe you don't need to be the one focusing on it. Maybe you need to have a team around you who can focus on those things so that you don't have to give up on those dreams. Yeah, I, I love that. I I think as entrepreneurs, we're always very creative. We're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We come up with all these great ideas. And I have a lot of clients who do the same thing. And so what I teach them to do is um, jot everything down, like you mentioned, in what I call a fab idea journal. So it's yeah. not that you're not going to deal with it, you know, but you just <laughs> sometimes need to table it you know, and yeah. balance it against the other projects that you have going on. So love yeah. that you shared that with us. And I know that you also have something that you want to share with the audience. You have something... Um, that can really help people become more successful. Do you want to talk about that? I do. I wrote something in January of this year called the Success Manifesto, and it's 10 shifts that you need to make to have an amazing life and business. And so basically these are not going to be the things that you think they're going to be. You think I'm going to go in here and talk about how to be productive in your day. You think I'm going to be talking about how you need to outsource. No, this is about the stuff that really gets into people's way. So things like why we lie. I made a decision a decade ago to, to stop lying. Like, why do we lie so much? Why do we care so much about what people think that we constantly have to be positioning ourselves to look better? When I decided not to lie, every relationship in my, in my life changed. Every personal relationship, every business relationship changed. So one of the things you're going to get, you know, in the, in the manifesto, are those hard questions I was talking to Desiree about earlier in this conversation is why do you lie? Um, why do you need to do that? What do you think you're getting out of that? So it, it's really building you up to a higher level of a higher vibrational human being so that you can do the things that you want. Because the reason that most people don't get where they want to get financially or personally or in their business is because of some, some personal issue, some mm-hmm. barrier that you have personally. And so when you finish this 35-page PDF, you're going to be mad at me. I don't care. You're going to be really (laughs) mad at me. But I guarantee you, if you are committed to your transformation, you will be a better human being, guaranteed, the second you're done. Now, you're not going to make all 10 of these shifts immediately because some of them are going to be harder for you, right? Some people are going to have a hard time not lying. Some people are going to have a more difficult time you know, being accountable, that's one of the other shifts that you have to make. I don't know what your, what your deal is. All I know is the feedback I've gotten from this, and it's been downloaded over 5,000 times since January, the feedback I've gotten about this 35-page report has been amazing from people saying, I had to put it down. It was too real. It was, I didn't want to read that. I don't want to hear that. It was just what I needed. So it's a business and life transformation, life explosion uh, report, and I guarantee you that you'll you will be changed. I love that. I really love that. I, I'm so into personal growth and development, and you know, being in business is all about growing and stretching yourself in the process yeah. through the journey. Yeah. So that's awesome. So for those of you listening, you must go and download Fran's free gift, and you can find that at DesireeStafford.com forward slash Fran. Um, and you've shared so much with us today, so thank you for being here. Uh, I love that you talked about the, the distinction between the business model versus a job and about always being in the process of our growth and having that soul knowing of who you are. And I love what you talked about with the whole disco ball syndrome and, and how we can handle that. 
and also learning to co-create so that we can leave a legacy. Great nuggets of information. Thank you again for joining us. I've had such a good time with you. I'm sure everyone listening has had such even a transformation listening to you because your energy is, is so powerful and you're so inspirational in the way that you communicate. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to go ahead and download Fran's free report. And until we speak again, I hope you're up to big, bold things in your life and in your business. Take care. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. I just want to tell you that you have such a tremendous opportunity to make a greater splash in the world. What we've done as athletes, not everyone can do. Most of us understand that. But unfortunately, too few of us are leaving a lot of impact, influence, and income on the table. If you want to learn how we help athletes create and build the careers and businesses of their dreams, visit athletesumeanbusiness.com. I'm 100% sure you'll be glad you did. I'm Fran Harris, and I can't wait to help you become an athlete who means business. See you soon.